Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. In the middle of worship, in the middle of, of the service, is the most natural place for God to begin to download supernatural ideas. And the best thing you can do is keep some paper, keep your phone handy, and just write it down. Just write it down when it comes into your head. Because I can't tell you the number of times I'm like, I'm in the middle of worship, and God will drop an idea, and I'm like, I'm, I'm worshiping, Lord. We can't talk about these earthly things. And he's like... Right? It's the most natural place because as we become more aware of the mind of Christ, guess what happens? The thoughts of Christ become to manifest. And what matters to you matters to him. Sometimes he knows you are so fixated on your bank account, you can't worship him anyway. And he's like, okay, I just need to let you know I care. So you can lay that aside. And now we can actually worship. Nobody? Okay, good. All right. So we had a totally different message and worship wrecked us. So we have to go in a totally different direction because, because this whole thing of the fight, right? We're, we, each of us in various areas of our lives are in, in a fight, right? What are some things we are fighting for? Family, 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 health, time, energy, Finances, friendships, sanity, come on, sanity, a word from God, hear from God, right, you know, and I would say a lot of times it's hear from God about these things, right, hear from God, get a, get a download a strategy, download an idea, get a breakthrough, right, Righteousness, you know, righteousness, getting our lives straightened out, right? We know we're like, I know I'm not who I should be, but I'm not sure who I should be, right? Destiny. Destiny. Yeah? Justice. Come on. Politics. Politics. What else? Truth. Truth. Slice through the fog, Lord. Peace. Peace. Direction. Direction. Okay, I've run out of space. Um, so so I, I'm going to say this. I don't know about you, but this is, looks like life, right? All of the above, right? And um, so I don't know about y'all. Oftentimes when I'm warring, do you know what I don't see? I don't see God. I see the thing I'm warring for. Anybody? Like that's, that should be normal, okay? I'm just being real, right? But one of the things, so my question is, how do we war with God for those things when we can't see past those things? We're about to get real, real, real. Because if you guys were here last week, we talked about this problem that God is God Almighty, right? He is Yahweh. He is El Shaddai. He is the Lord of hosts, right? Here he is. And yet, 
You know, he is God Almighty who dwells in infinity, and yet he has come as Jesus, right? But the problem is, is we, we, we end up a lot of times in this middle space where we talked about where God is, is powerful, but bad, or weak, and good. And why do we end up in that place? Because with these things, what we come to him is we come to him transactionally, right? Who are my people? What does it look like? Help, help out the rest of the people who don't do this. But what would it look like for me to come to God transactionally with one of these areas? Give me an example. God, if you'll just do this for my family. God, if you'll just do this for my family, I'll do X, right? You can have my kidney, Right? Right? Who here? Who here has bargained with God? Sweet, sweet. You're my people. All right. So sometimes we realize, okay, that's bad, and we kind of spiritualize it. Okay, who are my spiritualizers? Give me an spiritual answer, a version of that. I'll fast, right? Because I know you really want me to lose weight. No, I'll fast or, or I'll share the gospel or I'll do this. I know what's important to you, so I'll do what's important to you so you'll do what's important to me. Let me ask you this. I was uh, just talking with uh, a friend and, and he was confessing this amazing breakthrough in his marriage because he, months ago, they were both demanding each other to love them the way they wanted to be loved, right? You guys know about love languages, right? So say my love language is gifts, guaranteed yours is not. Your love language might be words of affirmation, right? You love, I love you. And I'm like, don't, don't tell me, show me, right? Right? And you're like, I don't need that stuff. Just tell me how awesome I am, right? And so the problem is, is is that a lot of times we become transactional in that, don't we? All right, I'm giving you a present. Now say something nice about me, right? Or if you say something nice to me, I'll give you something, right? Okay, how creepy does that feel? But we do it, don't we? Can I just be real? That's not what we want. And I love this. Ladies, you guys are, you guys are awesome at this because you're like, no, I just need you to mean it and just come out of the goodness of your heart. Right? No. And no supernatural. Right? I just need you to, to, to somehow just know what I want and do it. Awkward. Okay. This is why it is impossible for a man and a woman to love each other apart from Jesus. Because you're on your own. She doesn't know what she needs, but you better figure it out. Right? No, but, but the reality is that if I have manipulated you to love me, is that love? No. If I have manipulated, if I've done this little transactional thing, it is not love. And Jesus did not die to solve our problems. He died that we might be one with him and one with each other. He died for relationship, and relationship is love. And relationship is not, I do it for you if you do it for me. That's transactional. And we talked about what's transactional love called? Not what you should do in church. Okay? Just, I, just, this is very important. 
But all, if all we've known in the human life, all we've known is, I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine. How can we dream for more? And so the great news is God has never left us alone. And so as we were warring, I just kept seeing one of my favorite stories from the Bible, the story of Jacob. So if you've got Bibles, go over to Genesis. And uh, we're going to be shooting through from, uh, we're not going to read it, don't worry. It's uh, about seven, seven chapters. But, but we see this whole situation. So Abraham, father of the faith, Abraham and Sarah had a son, Isaac, when they were almost 100 years old. Um, let me just tell you, I was only 38 when Danya was born. I can't even imagine what it's like to be 100 years old and have a toddler. Like, I just can't even imagine. I'm sorry, that kid was not getting tons of cuddles. There, Abraham probably just laid down and let him roll over top of it, right? Like, like I'm sure Sarah was like, I don't even know how you showed up, but uh, you're on your own, right? Like, I'm 90, I just, you know, right? But anyway, but then we have Abraham and Sarah, they have Isaac, Isaac marries Rebecca, and then they get pregnant and they have two babies. Now, who here grew up in an imperfect home? All of us. Okay, good. So anybody ever seen where the disconnect between parents gets played out in the lives of the kids? So what happened is Rebecca had twins, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob came out looking like He-Man. And uh, I mean, Esau came out looking like He-Man and Jacob came out uh, with uh, dishwasher hands. He was just, just fragile and sweet. And uh, who here did not fit with the standard gender models growing up? Like you're not, as a woman, you're not Barbie. And as a man, you're not G.I. Joe or, right? Pretty much all of us. All of us, we failed at it. Or even if we succeeded at it, we were faking it, right? Because none of us is a cartoon character, each of us. But here's the deal. Esau was manly. And so guess what? His dad loved him. But it said that Jacob liked to hang around the tents, right? He was a mama's boy, and it said Rebecca loved him. Anybody see a problem? Right? Right? They're behind the eight ball. They are played against each Mom and dad are having a disconnect, and they're playing it out through the boys. Is this going to end well? No. The good news is, no matter how broken our family of origin is, God will meet us there. Okay, so then we have this whole thing and it plays out and it gets worse and worse and worse because the, um, um, because Isaac is given all the love to Esau and giving him the power by, by the rules. He's getting the double portion. He's going to take over the family, all this. And Esau is just eaten up with jealousy. I'm sorry, Esau, I can't get these straight. Jacob is eaten up with that jealousy, but it gets worse. Do you know what they called Jacob? Jacob, when they were born, Jacob came out holding on to Esau's ankle. So his mom named him Ankle Biter. Ankle Holder Honor, which is another word for deceiver. Anybody got some names in your family that are not good? Anybody? Anybody? Like, like I don't know about you, but growing up, I, they declared, I, you are clumsy. I was, like, I was like, I have not spilled milk since fi- I was five. 
nope, you're the clumsy one. Right? No, here he is. He has been declared he's a deceiver and he fights and it, nothing works. But guess what? You know what? You want to call me a deceiver? Then guess what I'm going to be? Deceiver, right? And if you're not going to give me love, you're not going to give me respect, what am I going to do? Take it, right? I'm going to take matters into my own hands. If you won't love me, then we're going to make this transactional. We're going to, and I'm going to get mine. And so what does he do? He, he goes in there. He, he uh, tricks his brother into first getting his, his birthright, which is the double portion. And then, then, but that's not enough because his, as his father is dying, he can't get love from his father directly. What does he have to do? His father is blind. He dresses up like Esau to get his father to bless him. Anybody here had to put on a costume to be blessed by others? Nobody? You, you're like, what do I have to look like to be accepted in the church? What do I have to look like to be loved? Is that love if you have to become somebody else to be loved? No. God made you unique. He made you unique. But... Many of us are warring with the lies of who the people have said we are. And so Jacob, Jacob, when he realizes he tricks, like anybody, who here, you fantasized of how you were going to get it, work out everything in your favor. And then when it turned out, it didn't turn at all like you did. I don't know what he was thinking. Big, burly Esau, money man. Little Esau, a little Jake, right? And he's like, he tricks Esau out of his inheritance, out of being head of the family. And what Jacob thinks that Esau is like, oh, well, I guess I got, you're going to have to take over from now. What does Esau want to do to Jacob? He's like, not a problem. I'll inherit from you. <laughs> not a problem. I'll take back the family. You die, we're good. And Jacob was like, that's not how I had this imagined in my head. And so he runs away. He runs away with nothing. And it says he's out in the wilderness and he has a pillow, a stone for a pillow. You know how broke you got to be to have a stone for a pillow? That is serious brokenness. That is like broke down in the wilderness. Anybody been there? You're my people, right? In that place, a stone for a pillow. In that place, God meets him. Anybody? Anybody been there? Where you had nothing else and God met you there. Now I have a question for you. Was it God's idea for uh, Jacob to be an idiot? Why did God meet Jacob there? Was it because Jacob had done God's will? The answer is no, by the way. Just, just curious. They were like, I thought the Lord told me to lie. No, no. Listen, just because God meets you in a place doesn't mean that he's blessing what you did. Is that Okay. But anyway, so he flee, he meets God. He has this incredible encounter watching angels coming and going. In other words, God's showing how God has been trying to invade his life and bring blessing and bring, and his presence is there even when Jacob didn't know it. And the fact that he said, he said that, oh my goodness, he called this place Bethel because he said, God was present and I didn't even know it, right? So then he goes off and he goes to his uncle, uh, Laban, and who here found people of your tribe and wish you hadn't? <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Because he has decided, 
I, as a job description, I am what? A deceiver, right? So what kind of people does a deceiver attract to themselves? If you have a certain personality that keeps showing up in your life, I'll be honest, I, I have learned the hard way with this. I learned that whenever anybody really starts getting on my nerves, I'm like, I just shut up and back off. Why? Because I know God's like, what is it about them that's so familiar? Because the thing that drives me nuts is what's in me. Right? And so he runs into Laban, who's been way longer at being a deceiver than he is. So he tries to go straight. He works for seven years. He's going to marry the, the hot chick, Rachel. And Laban does the, one of the most twisted things I, I can see in Scripture. I mean, seriously. Daughter swap. Like how, I mean, how messed up is this? I don't, if you don't see how messed up this is, go back and read your Bible. Where does Leah fit in this? Leah, you need to go down to the tent. What's over there? You're getting married today. To who? Right? Like, to know that you are not, I mean, how messed up? You thought your mom and dad were messed up? How messed up is this family going to be? Who here, you're like, I've messed up so good, God's out of options to help me, right? I mean, this is a very messed up family dynamic. So, you know, he marries... Leah comes out of his drunken stupor and realizes, oops, I should have married Rachel. And Laban says, not a problem, work seven more years. But actually, just in a week, you can marry Rachel. This is the most messed up honeymoon that ever existed. I don't care how hurt and damaged you are. God will meet you. Whether you're Leah or Rachel or Jacob in this or their kids. God will meet you. The story's not over. And so he goes through all this, and over and over again, Laban keeps stealing from him. So do you know what, you know what, do you know what Jacob did? Magic. What does he do? He's, so J, Laban says, uh, they, they make this decision, I'm going to take the ones that are speckled, the ones with, because genetically the speckled ones are going to be more dominant. They're going to come out more. So I'll take, Laban says, I'll take the speckled ones. So, so Jacob does this thing where he puts certain, certain branches in front of them to try to, certain colors to try to, when they're mating to mate. Does that work guys? But it worked. Who are my people? You did magic. I'm sorry. You did transactional with Jesus and it worked. Who are my people? Every single one of us. Can we be honest? You did. And therefore, what did you learn? <laughs> that was a good idea. Just because God blesses you in something doesn't mean, A, how you did it was his best. I love it. People will be like, well, somebody gets healed and they're like, well, what did you do? Well, I stood on one foot. I went, hang, 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 hang. that must be the trick. No, people get healed because Jesus died on a cross and for your healing so you could be set free. He doesn't get healed because somebody went, hunger, hunger, hunger. Who here? Who here? Well, it's fast three days or it's fast seven days and you'll get it. Sorry, I'm getting. Okay, 
So here's, the, here's this situation. He does it and God blesses him anyway. I gotta say this again and again. Just because God blesses you in something doesn't mean it's his best. Some, who else was in Jacob's family? Leah, Rachel, and their kids. Do you think God cared about them? Could it be that God was blessing Jacob on their behalf? But anyway, Jacob goes and Jacob has learned nothing. It gets worse and worse and worse. And finally, rather than confront, what does he always do? He runs. He flees Laban. And he flees, and, they, and, and I love it. He gets Rachel in on it, and Rachel, I mean, I love this. This is, this is how messed up your family, how messed up is your family? She goes ahead and steals Laban's gods. Why? Does, because she believes in the power of God Almighty? No, she's trying to take away his gods. And then he comes and tries to kill her and she hides them in a place where no man would ever go. And as a result, it, it escapes. Whoo, I escaped. God protected me. Anybody? You escaped the, the, the results of your action. Therefore, God was blessing me. Okay, I'm really trying to poke some things. Am I, am I succeeding? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. You got to hear me on this. We have a narrative of our life that is interwoven with transactional relationship with God. And we don't even realize how much it is. But I want to tell you something. He's not okay. He will not leave it alone. He will constantly be drawing us to himself. And the way he does it is right here. It's in the book somewhere. Just, you can read anywhere if you like. There we go. Chapter 32. Jacob is coming up and he realizes he's on the banks of the, of the river and he, on the other side is Esau's land and Esau's there and it says he's coming with a huge army. Now, what do you, the last time they saw each other, what did, what did Esau want to do? Kill him. Okay, who, who are my people? When you are going to have a conversation with someone, aka a confrontation, you game the situation ahead of time in your head. Right? Okay, I say this and then they say this and da 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 da. Anybody found that takes you to a place of fear and terror? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? And where everybody's your enemy and everybody's out to get you. Well, that's exactly what's happening. A lot of years have passed, but he's still convinced Esau wants to kill him. And so what he does. All, all these years, he has gotten very wealthy. What kind of wealth has he gotten? He's got it by deceit, but what has he got? Sheep. He's got sheep. He's got goats. He's got stuff. He's got money. He's got, in his mind, now this is where it really gets tacky. What else has he gotten? Kids and wives. Okay, 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 at least the ladies. You're with me? Is that messed up? That he's listed those, you know, on his assets with the IRS. But this is the way he's thinking. How can we tell? Because when everything gets bad, what does he do? He starts sending over sheep and goes, take them. Sends over goats, take them. 
sends over stuff. Take him! Sends over his kids! Sends over his wives! What? Everything he has been manipulating and deceiving to get, he sends over until he has what? A rock for a pillow. He's back where he started, way back. And that night, Jacob got up, verse 22, and took his two wives, two servants, and his 11 sons and for, across the fort at Jabbok. And after he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. And so Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. I would submit the war, our warfare is the warfare often of Jacob, not what we think it is. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket. I'm going to read all the way through this and we're going to come back. He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. I just see him doing what? Grabbing onto the ankle. The man said, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because, which means prince of God or struggles with God, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. Because in the ancient world, the way you controlled gods was with their names. You would use them in magic. And I love what, God, what he says. He says, why do you ask me my name? Then he blessed him there. But here's this, uh, an understanding that Jacob knew what had happened. So Jacob called the place Peniel, which means face of God, saying it is because I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. So what happened is, anybody been in this place in the middle of the night where you're left all alone, you have nothing left? You're desperately crying out. You want the breakthrough, but all of your manipulation has brought you nothing. All of your attempts to, 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 to uh, okay, okay, all right, okay, all right. 40 day fast. No? Okay, okay, okay. I'll give, if you give me, you pay this bill, then I'll give you 20%. Hey, that's an upgrade, right? Of all everything that comes in, right? No? Okay. But you're, you're still nothing, still nothing. He's in this place and he's fearful and he's afraid and he's alone and he's holding on and he's holding on. And in that place, God touches his very strength. Anybody had a hip go out of joint? Do you know what you're able to do when your hip is out of joint? Zilch. Anybody seen a grown man cry like a baby? That's right there. You will not see fear and pain like that when a hip goes out of socket. But even that, what does he do? He just grabs on and holds on for dear life. What was he called in the beginning? Ankle grabber. <laughs> He's like, all I got left is my ankle grabbing. I won't let you go because I know you are what I need. Not the stuff. Not everything else. Not my plan for how it works out. Not the results. Not how it all works out. I don't care. You are my only hope. You are all I have. I won't go. Notice he doesn't say, unless you do X, Y, Z for me. 
What does he say? Unless you bless me. And what is the blessing of God? God takes the name the world has given him and wipes it out with the name God has always had for him. God's blessing is that he reminds you who he made you to be and who he's empowering you to be so you can walk in that, in this situation. Notice he doesn't talk to him about Esau, doesn't talk to him about Rachel or Leah or his kids or his stuff or all of his deception. He simply says, this is who you are. And when we wrestle with God, we wrestle until we see the face of God. And in the face of God, we see who he says we are. Because in that moment, he's no longer impressed with Esau. He's no longer impressed with the problems. He's no longer impressed with his own deception. He's no longer impressed with all that stuff. He has laid those things aside and said, your will, not mine, be done. Your will. Remember what Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane? Not my will, but yours be done. Who here has tried, Lord, not yours, but mine be done? Anybody? Or, okay, okay, okay. All right, over here, Lord, because I know your will is to bless me. (laughs) No, I trust you, God, no matter the result. I trust you, no matter the outcome. I trust you, with these relationships. I trust you with my finance. I trust you with my needs. I trust you with my brokenness. I trust you with this other person that I cannot manipulate and control. I've tried. (laughs) I trust you with them. And so I lay all that down. I can't even walk anymore, God. I lay down my dignity. Not my will, but yours be done. And this is the battle that we fight. When, when we press in, we press in not to convince God to take, care about these things. Anybody been in that place where you're fighting to get God to care? If you're fighting to get God to care, you haven't yet seen him. Because he cared enough to die on the cross for all these things. If we're fighting to get him to care, don't you hear me? No, he hears you. He weeps with you. He bleeds for you. But you and I are more than willing to sacrifice and throw away what he paid on the cross for just to get this one little bowl of soup. Exactly what Esau did. Just to get my basic needs met. And God says, I love you too much to let you throw away everything of value, the relationships with me and the relationships with other people. I won't let you throw those away. So I will withhold the very thing you want because you think by manipulating it, you will get it from me. And you're willing to throw away a relationship with me and with other people. And I will stop you in that. Some of us are in that place where God has stopped us and we're like, he doesn't hear my prayers. No, he doesn't hear our manipulation. Because he said, let me be your everything. Until we can say with the woman in Song of Songs, he's fairer than 10,000. He's all I want. He's all I need. In him, I have everything I need for life and godliness through knowing him. I, in him, I have all things. He is my 
treasure, my very great reward. He is everything to me. That is the place where God can begin to entrust these things to us because he knows they will not pull us away from the thing we were made for, which is relationship with each other and relationship with him. Now, some of us are already in this moment working a new deal. Uh, Okay, got it. So what you, okay, okay, let me do the math. You want relate, okay, relationship, right? Okay, so how do I do this so I get my needs met and you still get what you want, God? Anybody? Anybody had somebody seeming to love me, love you, but they were just trying to get something? How does that feel? Pretty crummy, doesn't it? And I see him saying, don't you trust me that I love you? Don't you trust me that I'm for you? Don't you trust me that I, I have done everything for you? That I have gone, I've crossed all of heaven and hell that you might know me. Am I not worth more than these? And in that moment, We get to say with Jacob, fine, then you tell me who I am. Then you tell me what I need. Then you speak over my life and let you be proved true and every man a liar. That's all I need. All I need is for you to tell me who I am, for you to tell me what my good is in this situation. Because I, anybody here, you have a fair understanding of what your good is? What's good for you? And there comes a moment where I have to risk and believe and trust that his good for me is better than my good. So as we war, we don't war to get him to care. We don't war to get him to see us. We don't war. Many ways we war to let everything other than him move out of the screen, move out of the frame so that he is all I see. I can't tell you the number of times I've been warring and a distraction comes in. Who are my people? And you're like, oh yeah, what about this? No. What about this? No. What about them? No. No, no, what is that to you? And so much ways, that's our war, is to move, like everything else go. Say, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all these things. You can have all these things. You can have all these things. Give me Jesus. We can have the worship team come up.
Jesus, 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 Jesus. Give me Jesus. If we can stand. God, we repent for all the things we put in the place of you. Our needs, our desires, our lusts, our pleasures, our comforts, our, our relationships, our, even our calling, even the, every gift you've given us. Lord, we lay them at the foot of the cross and say, give us If we have you, seek first the kingdom and your righteousness. Everything else is taken care of. But if we don't have you, we have nothing. Jesus, give us Jesus. In your beautiful name, amen. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.